Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. Millie here. I'm here with Ashley, and today we are recording our last episode of 2023. Um, we're gonna take a break for the holidays. We're gonna brainstorm. I feel like we have a lot of ideas brewing, a lot of creativity flowing. So we wanna get that in order for, uh, so that we can start off a brand new season next year with a bang. So uh, keep a lookout for our Instagrams, uh, the Blue Butterfly Effect Instagram and our personal Instagrams where, you know, when we're ready to get back in January, uh, we'll be posting when our first episode will air. And so today, we want to talk a little bit about the key takeaways of us, for us personally this year. Um, we were talking about this before, and we've both been through so much this year internally that we've also noticed these themes and conversations with people and clients and i've noticed the themes obviously in the astrology and so we wanted to kind of break this up we wanted to break this episode up and kind of uh pre retreat pre costa rica retreat and post costa rica retreat um because there was so much growing there was so much growth that happened for us leading up to that retreat, meeting at that retreat. And I feel some of the stuff that we might still be integrating post-retreat and how we want to take those lessons with us onto, onto the next year. Yeah, I think what I've noticed, like you said, is that there's been so many moments when I've been sitting with a client or someone I've been offering a reading to that I feel like the messages that were coming through were not only for that person, but it was as a nudge for my own personal work as well. And mm -hmm. so, and I've noticed some similarities between our own journeys, our own evolutions, you know, along the way, there's been some very similar points along the way. So we were just examining the year and just feeling like we should share this because I know some of you will resonate with it. We need each other's stories. We need to hear about where people struggle so we don't feel alone in our struggle, but we also need to hear that healing is possible and evolution is possible within us um, and what that looks like. And then it's important to talk about, you know, the good stuff too, as it happens. And um, so, yeah, where yeah. do you want to start? <laughs> so I think that, <clears throat> um, I think one of the things I remember feeling at the beginning of, of 2023 was as with most years a lot of desire to move forward in a particular way um a lot of desire to accomplish pretty specific things and then somewhere underneath all of that feeling somewhat of a discomfort of not that not that i couldn't do it but that's not the way that this is going to happen Mm -hmm. And so, so much of my journey this year has been about how do I create a foundation for myself, for astral consciousness that comes from a place that isn't the hustling mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, because I remember coming into 2023 feeling pretty burnt out from the previous year and 
And, you know, it was one of those things where I thought, well, that's, that's okay. Um, I'll get over it. I'll get some sleep. I'll get some rest. But what I realized is I was feeling a little lost um, because there was something really deep down inside of me that was saying, that's not the way. Mm. And to be quite honest, so much of this year has been trying to figure out, well, if that's not the way, then what is the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, um, I imagine that requires a lot of trust and switching gears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there has been a lot of internal work, um, that has been around looking at that hustle mentality that, you know, work yourself to exhaustion mentality, uh, constant, constant, constantly doing things. And, and even just getting comfortable with looking at that Mm -hmm. is, is, is work in itself. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of this year for me has been reconnecting with my ancestral roots, mm. my Guatemalan ancestral roots, and realizing just how much, just how much that type of work has always been a part of my work. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to honor it, I need to connect with it in 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 a much more intentional way. So I started um, an ancestral <clears throat> ancestral teachings and what we call curanderismo, which is shamanism, essentially, a shamanism apprenticeship this year. And that, I don't know, that validated a lot of, a lot of what I was brought up with at home with my mom, a lot of practices, a lot of knowledge, a lot of a lot of knowing. And when you work with curanderismo, you realize how important it is to work with the rhythm of life and with the rhythm mm-hmm. of, 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 yeah, with the rhythm of life and pay attention to what's happening because when you pay attention to what's happening and you're present enough, you're told where to go next. Mm-hmm. And that has been, I think, really difficult because yeah, it has required an immense amount of surrender and learning, okay, when do I take action? And why am I taking this action? And how do I take this action? And what is the intention behind the action versus just doing, 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 and doing? Mm-hmm. And so much an intention for me with this work has always been to to do this work with integrity and so i think that can reconnecting with my roots in that way through that apprenticeship has made me work slower and that has been that hasn't been easy mm-hmm. that hasn't been easy because it does require a different level of trust of being shown where I'm meant to go next, of being shown where my creativity is meant to come from next. So that that in itself has been really interesting for me. And, and what I've noticed with clients is 
a reconnection to because I I do work with with a lot of women of color really from from different cultures and I see in various ways how they are reconnecting to their knowing to their roots and even just to their own wisdom their own feminine wisdom so what I've noticed this year across the board is the reconnection and the reclaiming of our wisdom in whatever way that looks like and the Mm -hmm. desire to understand what that really means. Mm. That's so beautiful. I feel what you said on many levels and just speaking to that feminine wisdom for a moment, that's one of the things we've talked about that's hit me so hard this year is just how powerful that feminine energy within us is, within all of us, not just women. With, it doesn't matter what gender you are. We all have the feminine within us. And I've just been studying and listening to different podcasts and just understanding more than ever that the suppression of the feminine energy, it makes me wonder how powerful it is, like what we're capable of if we mm-hmm. were to each tap into it in a really healthy, beautiful way and what life would look like. And as you talk about the rhythm of life, you know, I've been looking as well at like my schedule where I would go from, if I would see a blank space in my schedule, I would just fill it. If someone reached out and was like, can I have an appointment? Can I have just fill, 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 fill. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would make a promise to myself the week before I'm not going to do that. And I would leave these blank spaces, but I wouldn't write why I left them. And so I would just fill, fill, fill. And I just found that this, this tightening of my schedule, this just staying busy and this mentality of needing to do that but not asking myself why. And part of the reason is money, you know, oh, we'll have money. And that's how self-employed people, you know, that's how we make it work. Right. But thinking about the rhythm of life and what we are taught, how the ways we are taught that we should be working versus Mm -hmm. the ways we want to work and the want, the rhythm of our days, what do we want those to look like? And really like connecting into an intuitive part of ourselves. And, you know, for some of us that can, can we change the rhythm of our days and mm-hmm. some situations we can't yet, but I always like to say yet, because I think we always need to dream and we always need to question life. Like, okay, is this it, you know, in this situation that I'm in, could there be more? Is there more? What possibilities are there that maybe I'm not thinking about or tapping into? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's important to acknowledge, right, the uh, the practicality of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who who isn't able to do this because their life looks very differently. Um, how can someone like that find space, right? Mm-hmm. How can someone in that situation find space? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Another thing that I have noticed this year is people's willingness to let go of part of their identity, part of an integral part of their life that has been an integral part of their life in order to live a life that feels so much more aligned and peaceful for them. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm noticing is people are choosing peace over everything we've been taught to choose before and that looks like what this what our society would judge as a downgrade yes right Mm -hmm. so maybe you downgrade your house 
So maybe you go from having two cars to having one car. Maybe, you know, it looks like a lot of different things, but I think that the more people are connecting with this part of themselves that is desiring just space to be, I love seeing that people are willing to say, it's not worth it. And if you're not there, you know, that's not, no, no shame, you know, mm -hmm. but I think that I'm just speaking of my observation. I'm speaking of my observation across the board. And, and I think that it's something that's going to happen more and more. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not easy to do that. There's a lot of unlearning that has to take place in order for us to say, I'm choosing my peace over above all else. Mm -hmm. And I'm creating a life that supports a life of peace. And, and here's what I mean by a life of peace. And maybe there's a better word, maybe a life of a harmonious life or a, a life that aligns with you. It's not that, again, it's not that life isn't life. Life will always be life. I always like to honor that. Um, but if life will always be life, I think what people are seeking is a greater connection to themselves while life is life. Yes. And that to me feels really beautiful. And, and to be honest, that that has been, uh, that, that has been just the work this year for me. And, and at a time, and at times it has been pretty frustrating because mm -hmm. there have been a lot of things that I've wanted to do. And, and there have been, I mean, really great things that I've done this year. I, you know, I, co-led a, a retreat in Costa Rica with you and then I co-led a, a retreat in Guatemala with with wow. another really incredible woman so those are those are big things at, at least for me they are um as a as a facilitator as dreams that I've had in the past and I've really had to work hard on being mindful of saying that is enough and that's actually really good those are actually really great accomplishments because three years ago I wasn't doing that it was just they were just a dream mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but I think that the comparison the thinking that I should be somewhere I'm not all of that has been a struggle to be quite honest mm -hmm in connecting with a life that feels more intentional. I I feel like, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that not only with yourself, what you, and with others you've seen, and I know for me, it's like what what we value is changing. Maybe what mm -hmm. we valued before and what we value now um, is being transformed or changed. Yeah. Um, Maybe we're wanting more time rather than more money. Mm -hmm. And I know the money thing, it's like, that's an endless, mm -hmm. that's an endless highway because if you've, it's like, when is there enough, you know, mm -hmm. according to, you know, this life and this culture, when is there enough? Cause you just need more and bigger and more and bigger. But I've seen a real change into like, what do I value? You know, mm -hmm. like I want time back. 
I really want time back more than I want money. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, <laughs> and that's just kind of interesting to think about, but I've seen that. It's like seeing people ask, you know, what are they valuing? And when you said unlearning, I thought it was so interesting you use that word because when you start homeschooling, if you've had a child that's in school, um, you go through an unlearning process and they call it unschooling. Um, and I can't remember how many months it takes for a child for every year they've been in school, they have to spend a few months unlearning and unschooling to deprogram them because their nervous systems are set to be in a school environment and to learn a certain way. And so when they come out of that, I remember for my son, my oldest was in school for two, two or three years and my youngest was not. But I remember for Jake, I couldn't even go near him with like school related things because it was such a trigger. You know, I've talked about how depressed and anxious he was getting at six yeah. over school. Um, but it's it was really interesting to watch us do that unlearning process. And I think um, because by the end of that year of moving towards learning in a different way and seeing how he learned, we just found like life was so much richer and there were so many beautiful ways he was sponging things up. So I share that because I think when we're working to change our life or change our values or changing the way we approach our work and our time and our schedules and our money, there's an unlearning, an unschooling of how we've been taught, changing the rhythm of everything, our thought process, our judgments, our criticisms, comparing ourselves, like you mentioned. Um, And that can be hard for the nervous system. It can be hard to trust, like you're in free fall. Can this really happen? Can I let go? Um, And I remember like homeschooling my child, it was an experiment, you know, that I really believed in, but I didn't know what was going to happen. But I think that's part of what we have to do when we do these things. We have to be willing to be curious and explore like what's really worth it to me. And at the end of this life, do I want to say that I've worked all the time? Hell no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want to say that I was connected to myself and to my family and my kids, and I had more time with them and to have a natural rhythm of life. And our I, our culture, you know, looking at daylight savings time, all these seasons, all these rhythms, we are not connected to the rhythms of the earth. Mm-mm. Nobody really slows down work-wise Mm-mm. at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I was just reading um, this woman writing about this and how People get sicker, people get more depressed, you know, they get seasonal affective disorder, all these things because they need more sunlight, they need um, to slow down, they need more rest, but we just push and push and push and burn ourselves out. And then, you know, four to five months later, we're just like not doing well. And we need these lights to keep us happy in our houses because we're not resting enough and we're working and we have seasonal lights, you know, it's just like, it just feels very um, confusing. <laughs> it's very yes. backwards. I feel like. Yes, I have. I, I really appreciate you sharing that example of of the unschooling. Yeah. I mean, because if it takes what several months for each year that a child has been in school, to me that translates into a few months that a that a human being has been in a system. Yes. So when you think about how so many of us have been in systems in the past for you know 10 plus years 20 plus years and then to make a shift in our lives so that we can live a life that feels much more aligned to what our soul is calling to 
please understand that that is not an easy feat. No. It's not. Mm -mm. And I have been very fortunate this year to have support that helps remind me of that. And and when you go on that journey, all kinds of other stuff comes up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Slowing down in itself makes room for all the stuff to rise. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that and I've talked about this with you, is I've wanted to. For instance, astral consciousness is still a baby, 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 right? And I could see how I was approaching it from a very, for lack of a better term, corporate way, very rigid, um, systemic almost. And I understand the need and the necessity of systems and things that are automated. And I understand all of that. But I couldn't help but notice how my my nervous system and my body was getting activated mm. to feeling the way that it used to felt when I when I used to have a corporate job. Mm. And I and I remember thinking to myself when when I did decided to take Sorry, da, da, da. <laughs> when I decided to take the leap to do astro consciousness was I don't want to build that in this way. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that looked like. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. I know more now, but that takes a lot of intention. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of willingness to say, wait a minute, I am I might my own boss. (laughs) I get to decide how to run this. And even that, as a woman in in this world, even being able to say that has been work in itself. Mm -hmm. And so that, that takes me into another thing that I've noticed this year, which is the willingness to, to take up space, the willingness to take up space, the willingness to, to shine our light. Um, I think that the Costa Rica retreat was a big moment for the both of us in in yeah. in terms of that. How yeah. did you how do you remember experiencing that and how do you feel that it created that before and after for you of Ashley before the retreat and Ashley after the retreat? Oh my goodness. Um Yeah, I'm just trying to think, you know, what was Ashley before the retreat? Um, Yeah, definitely not someone who wanted to take up space, like really loved the idea that there were four of us co-hosting this together so that it just felt very measured and space taking and I knew my place (laughs) and that felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, there was such beautiful feedback at the retreat and there was such a beautiful rhythm of it that I was amazed at my body's ability to receive the positive feedback and the kindness and just the beauty of the connections I made. Um, Don't get me wrong. There were moments it was, it was still hard, but I allowed myself to take it in as much as I could, which was a lot more than I could before. Like I didn't want to run. I could sit, I could, I could be with it. Um, And that felt 
um, like a miracle compared to where I've come from and to be seen in that way, to be seen, um, to have even to be videotaped teaching. Like if you would have seen me 10 years ago, you would not be able to put a camera on me. Like that, that would have been a no, a hard no. So Mm -hmm. to be able to have that. um, So I just noticed that, yeah, to be celebrated and seen and appreciated in that space was really beautiful. And then to be able to trust it, like to trust that this is okay. Like this, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel dangerous where so often that kind of attention had felt so dangerous before in this group, it never felt dangerous, which was incredibly healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, I think that really stepping into my role as a teacher And it was the first time that I was teaching um, about ancestral practices Mm. ever, ever. I I never like in a course, in a class or a workshop that I've done, I never taught about ancestral practices and really brought um, the knowledge or some of the knowledge of, of, my ancestors and 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 healing in that way and the connection to spirit and and to earth in that way so that was a really big moment for me and it was so beautiful I just want to say real quick it was so beautiful and people received it they it was just like you were giving them something they were hungry for it was very powerful thank you thank you I think that something really weird happened right because I created a uh a workbook. And when I was creating the workbook, I have to tell you that it was quite an experience because it's almost like the workbook wrote itself. Because I did not have the intention that that's what I wanted my workshops to be about. I thought it was going to be, you know, again, just purely astrology. But there was this very strong sense of this needs to be in there, this needs to be shared in there, especially because we were going to a country like Costa Rica. Um, And as I look at it now, when I look back now, I thought, wow, I, I didn't realize how much that really wanted to come through me. And at this point in my life, at this point in the year, really, how much my I can see my work start shift in that direction and and so I think for a long time and this is a little difficult to say and and I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing I think it was what needed to happen but I think that there was a part of me that was trying to fit my 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 teaching, my my astrology, my delivery of it, my everything, um, from a very Western mindset, hmm. you know, from a very positive psychology mindset. Hmm. And while there's nothing wrong with that, I know, I know within myself that when I work with my clients, it has never really been that linear. It never has been. It has always been from this very intuitive space. It has always been from this space of just connection in in um, ancestral practices. And in curanderismo, we have what we call platicas, and platicas are essentially the 
the word is translated to conversations. That's the direct translation. But what platicas are, are soul-to-soul conversations, mm. right? So I remember when I, was, when I was a little girl, my mom taking us to curanderos and we would have platicas with curanderos. Mm. And I remember feeling better after those platicas, after those conversations, but I didn't know what they were, right? So it's a form of counseling, if you will, but but it's a converse, it's a heart-to-heart conversation. So all of that to say that I've gotten a lot of certifications, a lot of, you know, studied a lot of different things, read a bunch of different books, listened to a bunch of different people, but I've always known that that's where my connection to my work and to my clients came from. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, or maybe felt not ashamed, but afraid of saying that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this year has been so much about reclaiming that and how necessary it is for me as a person. And I think that what we're seeing happening around the world, I think it's important for anyone with indigenous roots to reclaim those parts of themselves. And so that's what this year has been for me. And that's what Costa Rica like really opened up for me um, in a matter of a week. And Mm -hmm. I think that ever since then, I have been trying to figure out how do I do this? (laughs) Like the very much, who am I now? And it's, it's really, it's a journey. Well, I'd never heard that word, what you just said. Well, first of all, I'm so happy that you are embracing like your authentic way of being as a healer and as an individual. Thank you. I think it's so important. And one of my takeaways this year is the amount of bravery and courage it takes to be your most authentic self mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a world that doesn't encourage that, you know, um, yeah. we, we say we encourage it, but we don't really, you know, when right. it comes down to it, um, yeah. which I want to hold that thought because that's a point we want to make about a key takeaway this year. But I also want to acknowledge the platica. I never yeah. heard that word. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those moments when I hear about an indigenous practice mm-hmm. that makes so much more sense to me than the way we have westernized therapy, mm-hmm. the way counseling, certain types of counseling have never made sense to me. Like Mm -hmm. the idea of an analyst, you lay on the couch and the analyst just sits there and listens, sometimes falls asleep, doesn't really ask questions. It's not a conversation. Um, You know, just this idea of a soul to soul conversation, it just two humans being together, exchanging Mm -hmm. energy, exchanging love. Um, Maybe one is in a position to offer more support and guidance. I don't, but what I was just hearing is how beautiful and maybe that's where originally how we got support and how it was transformed into something else that is less personal, less connective. Um, So thank you for introducing that word, which is just beautiful and makes so much sense to me. Well, thank you. I think, you know, I think ancestral cultures or indigenous cultures 
really took into account how we live in this world and the world itself, Mother Earth itself is a being. Yes, it has <laughs> a soul, every... I believe. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even the way that we look at death in Western culture, it's it's really sad way of looking at death, right? I'm not saying that death isn't sad, but again, in indigenous cultures, it is even it is even said that when someone significant in your life passes away, it's because they are meant to be the next one who guides you, the next being, the next soul who guides you from the other side. Isn't so, that beautiful? Absolutely. Because what that tells me is that the connection only strengthens. Yes. Right? So to me, the question of how do I want to build astral consciousness? How do I want to continue connecting with people? is very much from this way. Mm -hmm. I remember I was on a podcast once and I was asked something along the lines of um, like building something and creating something, right? And I remember saying that with a lot, I remember saying that with a lot of patience and a lot of connection to spirit. And then the person, one of the, one of the per people who was interviewing said, well, you can't really say that because it also takes a lot of hard work. So you can't say that. Hmm. And I remember, I remember just that landing on me, like, whoa, like there was no further, there was no further curiosity as to what I meant by that. Right. 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 But it came from a very Western psychology, just Western type of mentality. Well, that everything has to be hard work rather than co-creating, right. working with right. the rhythm of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not to say that you don't work. It's to say that essentially you do work smarter. It's to say that when you connect to the spirit of your work, when you connect to the spirit of what you're going to do, of what you want to give out to the world, that has energy, that has spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is so much of what I have been attempting to, I don't know, fine tune, <laughs> if you will, this year. And and it has caused me to slow down a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And at times it has, it's come with my, you know, judgment of conditioning of maybe you're just being lazy. Maybe you're just too scared. Maybe a lot of all of these other things. And being part of that apprenticeship for the, for the, for most part of this year um, and other things that I've been diving into I trust. I trust. I've surrendered to that. I've surrendered to a different kind of guidance. That's really different. Mm. I, I think I may have gone off on a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate this so much. And and I want to go back to that point I put on hold because that podcast interviewer 
to reaction reminds Mm -hmm. me of going back to that authenticity. And a key Mm -hmm. takeaway you and I had was that when we step into that authenticity Mm -hmm. and that taking courage and we start to take up space, Mm -hmm. we start to do things the way we believe we want to do things, the way things feel good to us. And our light gets a bit brighter when we step, when we stop doing things the way we've been taught and rather doing them from like a, a heart and soul level, we start to get brighter and more expansive. And it makes people uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. what I hear in that is that made someone uncomfortable mm-hmm. that they didn't believe that that could be your process. Cause I do also agree that there is a difference between working harder and smarter and the energy behind the two feel very different, but something yeah. you and I mentioned, um, was about what happens when you step into your authentic self and shine your light, mm-hmm. what happened? What are other people's reactions to it? As much as we pretend we want to support it, what has your experience been? <laughs> um, I want to hear more from you. Um, oh, well, I didn't want to take your line. because <laughs> no. I'm looking at what you said and I was like, I really like what you said, but I didn't want to take it from you. No, um, it's, you know, I think I'm at a point where shining my light is bringing more stuff up in me Mm -hmm. about my fears and my insecurities and 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 all of that more than what I care about what others are going to think Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so one of the fears is if I shine in the most authentic honest expression of myself someone is going to have to someone is going to have something to say about it okay right there I feel that I've done enough work I feel it in my body that I'm not actually so concerned with what someone might have to say about it what I what I'm feeling is that fear and that insecurity that still lives within me because of past experiences right and I think those two are very different things yeah yeah well and you said so I'll just say Millie said this you realize how much we've been conditioned to remain, remain small. Yeah. Yeah. And when, again, there's that unschooling again. Yes. To remain small. I think that a clear indicator of when we are playing small in our lives is when we are feeling rather unhappy and we're not sure why. There's something we're not saying. There's something that we're not expressing, you know, that's coming from us. There's something that we are saying yes to that we want to say no to. There's something there Mm -hmm. that we are not allowing ourselves to step into or have. And I think that's important to know because one, one, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And two, that's the way that I've seen it um, express itself within myself and within clients. Hmm. But I've seen you step into your role as a teacher so much more. Hmm. And, you know, watching you teach in Costa Rica was such a pleasure just because it was just so it was so natural and you could tell that you were speaking from your heart. Um, 
what has the journey for you been in terms of shining your light? And, and I think part of that has to do with defining what that means for us. Because I yes. think that we are so disconnected from that. Like we're not allowed to tap into that part of ourselves for some people most of their lives. Yeah. That we don't even know what that means. No, I don't think we know what that means. And, you know, before the retreat, all I can remember before the retreat um, is the memory of sexual trauma that came up. It came up in April. Like I remember the weekend. I remember the day I remember, but I'm saying this because I've done so much healing work and there was still something standing in my way. My body could still not surrender to taking up space, surrender to, to being more in my light. And I'd all, I'd suspected for like 20 years that I'd been sexually abused. Um, and I just kept saying to my body, um, you know, when you're ready, when you're ready. Um, and then the memory finally came up and I just want to say for anybody who suspected this, trust your body, trust yourself when you are resilient enough, it will reveal itself. But if your body is telling you something, I can't say it enough. Trust it, trust it, trust it. Um, don't gaslight yourself and tell you it's not true or it's not possible because the mind can dissociate things away. Um, it can disappear truths. The body hides secrets. It's, it's kind of amazing. Um, the protective mechanisms that can happen. But what was interesting about having that memory rise up is I, as painful as it was, it was so freeing. It was like my body handed me this lump of gold and said, here, you're finally able to like alchemize this and transform this. And I was like, okay. And I also, my body was like, I don't want meat. So I stopped eating meat in April because I was like, I can't digest or process. And then in July, I remember my body was like no alcohol and I wasn't a big drinker, but you know, I like a glass of wine with dinner and my body was like no alcohol, no, cause alcohol creates shadows. And so it was like this energetic space opening of just like no meat, no alcohol, nothing in there. That's going to keep you from releasing this anymore from processing the emotion and the darkness that had been holding. And what also came up was I just felt like I was holding other people's energetic shadows in my body. I remember over the past like six months, there've been times I just wanted to throw up and purge, but it was just other people's energy of things they'd done to me. Like that trauma, their, the energy of their hands or their words or their actions. I felt like my body, like my cells were holding it. And I would just imagine like purging black smoke and releasing, releasing it. Um, and I feel like a lot of that has cleared and naturally because of that, I feel like I'm here more. I feel like I can actually be here. I don't feel like there's a lot of secrets, you know, that my body holds. There's probably some memories and things like that, but that was huge. So trauma, trauma can steal our light. That was very liberating and freeing to do that, to go through that process. And I, I know there's still more to do. Um, but since then also, I've just had like my whole like emotional world is starting to even out, like trauma is starting to loosen its grip. Like the way I see the world is starting to like change. Um, my heart's much more open um, because I'm not contracting in fear of this thing that was living inside me that I didn't understand why. So I feel like naturally 
I'm becoming a lot more comfortable being me. And something Lair has been like this question um, he's been asking, he's been asking of himself. He's been asking of his clients. He's been asking of me. It's a big question he's been sitting with it, and I want to share here. He keeps looking at these people in his practice and he's looked at me and he's like, how are you who you are after everything you've been through? What a miracle. Yeah. How is it you are who you are? And I've been sitting with that, like after being through all these things, like I still get afraid, but like, really, after all the things you and I have been through and survived, <laughs> like, I think we got it. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? We're freaking warriors and priestesses. And <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. Um, and thinking about all the people that tried to get in our way as little beings. Mm -hmm. you know, and tried to interrupt and make that light small. Mm -hmm. So I think each of us, anyone listening, we all have a story. Like, I love that question that Lyra poses is it's a miracle. You are who you are. And how did you get here? So I hope I answered your question, but that's, yeah. that's where I am. No, that's so beautiful. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, because there is something really powerful and I've said this to to clients and friends in the past it's, don't underestimate the wisdom you've gained from all of the shit that you've been through yes. like you know stuff <laughs> you know stuff you know stuff tap into that don't mm -hmm. there's something about there's something that's so ingrained about we don't know yes this is, this is why, I, and I think that that has also been a big lesson this year of trust what you know, mm -hmm. trust your own wisdom. Yes. Right. That doesn't mean that you close yourself up, yourself up to continue learning from others. And that if you need to be held in, in space and um, guided that you don't do that, but there is so much wisdom that we have and we carry we have seen things that are specific to us for a reason yes. you know remember nothing ever happens by accident everything happens for a purpose and on purpose mm. and so when we can come back to that I think there there's something about saying there's something about learning to hold life more softly. Yes. If that makes sense. It, it, we go from wanting black and white answers, mm -hmm. which again is very, you know, it's a very Western mentality, very all or nothing, very black and white to learning to hold the in-between spaces, learning to hold nuances, learning to hold multiple truths that exist at once. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we constantly seek outside of ourselves, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to allow that to expand. We're not giving ourselves the credit that we deserve for everything that each of us has, has been through in our own right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this may sound weird, but we have the privilege of having a very specific story that I believe we signed up for. 
-hmm. I believe, you know, whatever our story is, each of us has one. And I think it's our responsibility to decide how we're going to transform that story. What do we want it to look like? Mm -hmm. What do we want the ending to be or the journey to be? How do we want to utilize these things that have happened to us um, or these ways we've been taught? And how do we want to come back to ourselves and redefine life, redefine a way of living? And there's so much more. I mean, you and I are just, you know, I think we're just deconstructing individually so much of what we've been taught, but there's so much yet to be discovered. And (laughs) I think, you know, for some listening, they may be like, what does that even mean? But I think you need to ask, like, what do you want the rhythm of your life to look like? You know, can you dare to dream? Can you Mm -hmm. dare to dream of what's possible? Can you just start with dreaming and exploring what that would look like? Mm -hmm. And, and understand that it's quite a process. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a process. Mm-hmm. I think what has thwarted our concept of time even more, I think, is a lot of social media. Yeah. You know, I think it's a time stealer. Yeah. But well, what I mean by that is one, that, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and two. I think because we see people do certain right. things yes, and there are so many hacks, right? Yes. Become a, a billionaire in six months, you know, become this in the shortest amount of time, heal your trauma in eight weeks. Like all, everything is so condensed. And I'm just like, this is not, <laughs> this is not true this is not right this is no and 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 that's where the responsibility falls on us as individuals it's like yeah no I can't heal my trauma in eight weeks and 16 weeks and 24 weeks that's not how this works and this is where your point earlier comes is to what do I value Mm -hmm. because if I know that this is going to take perhaps longer than I would like but this is worth it to me. Mm. What am I willing to not do? Right. In order to step into the space that I know that once I have a better understanding of it, I can begin to, to see life on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's so important. Mm-hmm. It's and so to enjoy important. going there. I mean, when I say enjoy, as painful as it is. I like doing a deep dive and getting to know myself better. I like getting to know the layers that live underneath the aspects of my ego. I want to know the most authentic version of myself. I want to redefine the way I was taught to be in this world. I like that. That's fun for me in a way. (laughs) I love exploring like, okay, what could this look like rather than what I've been told it should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a process and it's uncomfortable as we've talked about so many times in these episodes, but it's so rewarding. Yes. So rewarding and it pays off. It does. It does pay off. I think, I think the biggest payoff for me this year has been the true understanding and feeling in my body that I get to decide what is success 
what it gets mm. to look like, what it gets to feel like. And it has made me question a lot of things that people have to go through in order to measure, to be, to measure, to be measured in success, for instance. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'll give an example. Um, and you and I talked about this some time ago about how I was, I've been coming on and off of writing a book proposal, right? And I have had the opportunity to actually speak to an agent about, right, the proposal. And I understand their job. I understand that they understand what it takes to get picked up by a really big publisher and all of that, right? But there's something about that that just rubs me the wrong freaking way. <laughs> like I am tired of being told what I need to do, what I need to write, what I need to express in order for someone to say, you've made it, right? It's like, you don't have any fucking idea what I've been through, what I've done, how much I've worked to know what I know to put it in writing and now you're here to tell me that that's not it to some people that may seem arrogant and i'm at a point where i don't i don't give a shit because it's not it's there is something about validating again your own wisdom and what you know and what you've been through that these very outdated ways of grading people rating people I think, I mean, then you can just self-publish, right. right? Or you just find someone who sees your vision. Mm -hmm. And so that's just one example of something. And, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> and, and because it's not me and these people that I don't know. It's me in spirit. It's mm -hmm. me and my connection to my soul. It's me and my connection to my ancestors. I know that with every fiber of my being. I love that. Because <laughs> I just resonate with that so much, which comes to another key point that has come through over and over again um, in channeling and intuitive messages and just from my soul over and over again is the idea of celebration. And I just want to take a moment to celebrate that you have come to this place of, like you said, figuring out who you are, but stepping into a more authentic version of you without apology and not playing small and embracing the way you want to practice, embracing the way you want to live. And I just want to celebrate that. You have been through so much and it has been a hard fucking couple of years. And the message that keeps coming through is celebrating ourselves and celebrating each other. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the light thing. Like rather than being your light, meaning anything about me, mm -hmm. what if you shining your light reminds me that I have my own and how mm -hmm. beautiful is yours. And then I'm going to turn my own on because we need your light and we need my light and we need someone else's light. We need it all. Yes. So yeah, I love it. I love that you want to do things your way and I love it. So yes. <laughs> Thank you. I I think there's something about witnessing other people's successes, other people's wins. 
I think that is spirit saying, like winking at you. Mm. What you know what I mean? I think that's a yeah. wink from spirit. Like, this is what's possible. That's what someone said once. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think her name is Jessica. She's on Instagram. She said, when I see people doing things that are um, awesome or amazing, I just think spirit showing me what's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and the last thing I'll say is listening <laughs> to that this podcast, which I've been obsessively talking about. Thank you, Vanessa, for sharing it with me called Witch. One of the things they talked about in this one episode the question was asked, why is intuitive practice, tarot, oracle, psychic readings, probably astrology, um, all of these things. So in the shadow and why do they leave a bad taste in people's mouth? And the answer was because it's of the feminine. Mm-hmm. And I thought, of course, it's because mm-hmm. it's in the shadow because it's feminine energy. And I'd never really connected those in that way before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck that. Let's light this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love that. So that was a long answer. What about you? No, no, I love that. And I think that, I think that so many people, um, are going to benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I think so many people are going to benefit from you teaching in that way. I mean, I know how, I know how much my work benefited and really shifted um after you know going through your course and studying with you mm-hmm. um and 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 creating that connection to your intuition is truly what gets you into this space of yes. beginning to ask yourself what kind of life do i want to create what do i want my life to feel like mm-hmm. And just, again, just to reiterate, things take time. Yes. (laughs) Things take time. And time still passes. So while things take time, and that time may feel or look like a few years, once you're down the line to that, you know, to to those few years, you're going to look back and say, I'm glad that I started this however long ago Mm -hmm. um so yeah our our connection to our intuition has so much to do with that um Mm -hmm. I think I think my work is I mean my work is I think always going to revolve around astrology Mm -hmm. I think the way that I show up and and the things that I talk about might might change a little bit um I want to to similar to you to more groups I will, I'm very much called to do more in-person stuff, which I haven't really done on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I had the intention on starting next year uh, here in the LA area to do small once a, once a month or once every other month in-person circles. Um, I There's a lot of things. There's There's things that are in the works, but it's, Here's what I'll say. It's about finally stepping into the things that I have been afraid of stepping into. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of things that are, there's a lot of creativity that has just been pending and penting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is how I intend to move forward because something Sushila Kundarji reminded me of who 
she's she and I do uh, the deep dive every single month on YouTube, the deep dive of the month ahead is we are given the gifts and the knowledge that we are given in order to share them with people, right? And so when to her saying that is something that I needed to be reminded of. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about how, and and it's not to set out to say, I'm going to change the world. It's simply, this is something that I love. This is something that I'm passionate about. I want to do and be the best that I can at it. I want to connect with it in a very genuine, loving way and trust that that's going to make a difference in some way. Mm And that ends up being the point, truly. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a beautiful note to probably end on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hope that this was helpful. I mean, I know, and you probably have clients who want to transition into something they love or or are in the midst of that. And, you know, one thing I like to remind those clients is... (laughs) So much of the work that is done to create your own thing is connecting with the energy and the spirit of your creation. Mm -hmm. Connecting with the energy, and that can look like meditation, that can look like prayer, that can look like, you know, uh, writing a letter to it, really inviting the energy of what wants to come through you in and asking it how it wants to be expressed. Mm-hmm. that to me is truly most of the work because there is a lot of force and power and magic behind intention where again it's not that you don't have to act and deliver and do it's just that once you get to that point everything is so much more intentional everything is so much more streamlined all of that action and all of that physical energy knows exactly where to go because it's being guided by something that's happened within first. So if you're wondering, how can I do this? Tap into the energy of once of what wants to come through you. Yes. Create a relationship with it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank yeah. you. Um, I just want to remind everyone, I am doing the Looking Ahead 2024 readings through the end of January. Uh, So if you go to my Instagram link in bio, you can find the link there. I'm posting it every day on my Instagram. Um, And my new coaching program, Uncaged Heart, is also... um, It's also something I'm launching before the end of November. Um, It's it's a one-on-one coaching intensive, very much focused on intuition, nervous system, and ancestral healing practices that I'm, and obviously astrology that I'm bringing together to teaching you how to create a life that aligns with you, that feels harmonious, but from a very, from the wisdom that you carry within. It sounds so beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And I will be teaching 
my intuitive development spiritual mediumship class again in January, and we'll be posting dates about that um, late this month, early December. Thank you all so Thank much. You. Thank you all for joining us once again on another episode. It is always our pleasure to have these conversations. If you like the show, please rate and review. It is always a great help for us. And if you'd like to know what we're up to, check out our show notes or check us out on Instagram at Blue Butterfly Effect Podcast, at AshleyTorrent29, or at Astro underscore Consciousness. 